Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilty. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Anissa Arnold. This week, we are following up after QuiltCon with another segment that Vivica recorded live from the show floor. But first, we are reading some letters from you, our listeners. In our Fine Finishes segment, we are talking about National Craft Month and some of the non-quilting projects with which we are currently dabbling. Hello, ladies. Hi. First, I have to um, introduce our guest today, Anissa Arnold, who is the managing editor of the quilting magazines that we publish here in Golden, Colorado. Welcome, Anissa. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, we are so excited to have you. Some fresh meat as it yes. is, Lori, right? <laughs> um, so I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Like how long have you been quilting? Maybe tell us a little bit about some of your favorite quilting projects that you work on. I've been quilting for about 20 years now. And I started out um, with some basic piecing types of quilts. And over the last couple of decades have evolved into far more complex quilts, lots of applique quilts with tiny pieces and uh, projects that take a lot longer to finish. Um, I'm kind of known around the office here for my love of brown. Mm -hmm, That's true. (laughs) Seems to surprise a lot of people, but I like a good um, warm earth tone sort of background to my quilts and uh, brown provides that. It also makes the bright colored fabrics that I like to use for appliques really pop when I put it on that background. Yeah, Um, I think I'm gonna cut in right here because uh, to really uh, paint the picture for our listeners, mm -hmm. you need to understand that Anissa will choose a chocolate brown, beautiful, rich brown for her background, and then use tulip pink fabrics bright colors on top of it and it is unlike anything you've ever seen wouldn't you say Lori? i would i i have never particularly liked brown quilts until anisa started bringing in her (laughs) work and then it's like oh yeah that's cool (laughs) right and you usually do like the sarah filky um block of the month projects how many of those have you done I've got four or five in progress. (laughs) One has been completed. (laughs) Um, Her patterns are very complex. Yes. They take a long time. Yes, they do. Um, You fall behind on a block of the month. You're out of luck. You're kind of out of luck. (laughs) That's, I think, my biggest problem. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we will move on to discussing an interesting thing that happened. So, you know, we've mentioned the name of the podcast has changed and that our company was purchased. And with that purchase, our email address has changed. And, oh, I don't know, a few weeks ago, I all of a sudden thought, hmm, haven't gotten any emails from the Quilting Podcast email address. Huh, wonder what's up with that. They're supposed to automatically forward to my address. However... (laughs) Um, So, called up IT and got that sorted and uh, got access to the email and uh, 
Yeah, we've been getting emails this whole time. Yes, a lot of them. A lot of emails, a <laughs> lot of pictures. And so I printed off a few to share with everyone today. And we'll just see how quickly I can sort of get through. And we'll read hopefully at least three and maybe more. And then I'll save some for the next uh, podcast because we have so many. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, all right. So the first letter is from Hollister Gattuso. Dear awesome podcast people, longtime listener, first time caller. I love your podcast and I wait anxiously for each episode. I need to stop listening at work, though, because I get so inspired that I just want to run home and quilt. We know what that's like. We do. We do. Mm -hmm. This episode on tools was so fun and inspiring. My unique tool is my quilting table. It is four sawhorses and sanded boards that I picked up from the hardware store. I do not have to have a designated sewing space in my house, so this allows me to easily set up and take down my work area when I need it. It takes up little storage space since I can fold everything up and slide it in between my china cabinet and wall. Clever. Uh, Also, it allows me to decide how wide I want my work area to be to a certain extent. In this episode, there was a mention of setting out household materials for birds to use to nest, nest with. Unfortunately, I found out earlier this year that household materials like yarn, string, dryer lint, and even hair, human and pet, ew, (laughs) can be dangerous for birds to nest with. I've attached a link to an article by the Audubon Society that tells what is safe for our bird friends to nest with and what isn't. Many of the items we gift to our feathered neighbors don't really hold up well in weather or have chemicals and fragrances that can be harmful. I had set aside a lot of yarn scraps for birds, but now I use my gardening practices to help them along with their nests. Now it's time to figure out what to do with those yarn scraps. So she um, gave us a link and it said, thank you so much for putting on such a great podcast. I can't wait for your next episode. And if you'll look in our show notes, we'll have the link for you. Yes. It was actually eye-opening because I had no idea. And I've known people who have put out fabric scraps and then actually taken pictures of the nests with the pretty fabrics hanging. So now I know. Okay. And the next letter is from Kelly Fluitt. And she says, love, love, love your podcast. I'm always learning a little something and really enjoy listening to you all. Here is my favorite small quilt on the go container for my supplies. It's a good thing. I love to chew gum. Kindly, Kelly. So I will show both of you ladies the picture, and we'll put the picture in the show notes. This is what she's using. And isn't that clever? It Mm -hmm. is a plastic gum container for peppermint take five gum, I think it's called. And she uses it to put in a couple of little English paper piecing pouches, I mean patches, and she puts in also her little scissors. And She's a got clip. the little stork scissors that, cute. that fit in this container, and it's perfect. It's perfect, especially if you know you're going to be somewhere, but only for a little bit, and yep. you can only get a couple of pieces together. It's perfect. This also would be really great for a little, um, just a little sewing kit to put in your purse, don't you right, think? Right, right. Yes. And little stuff like beads. Oh, buttons. yeah. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. All right, another one on the tools. This was apparently a popular episode. <laughs> um, so this one is from Don Berkshire from Lacrone, 
Pennsylvania. I don't know if I got that name right, but I'm doing my best here. Hey there. I recently started listening to your podcast and love it. Last night, I listened to the one about unusual tools and thought I would share with you one that you didn't mention. I keep a roll of parchment paper in my craft room. Since this paper is nonstick and is meant for use in cooking, I use it as a press cloth. It works especially well when using fusible. One piece can be used over and over again. It is also great to protect surfaces when I'm working on projects. I love its nonstick and heat-resistant qualities. I also used a piece of non-slip shelf liner that I stitched to a piece of batting to catch thread ends. The shelf liner keeps it from sliding off my table. To get the threads off when it is full, I use a lint roller. I'm sending a picture attached. I hope you like these tools. So she shows a picture of just, you know, your parchment paper so that we know what kind it was. And then this is super cool. This is her lint catcher. So she basically just takes a piece of batting, puts a little piece of shelf liner, stitches it together so that it's nonstick, and then it holds all of her threads. I am totally going to do this one. So she just tosses her clip threads. Yeah, right, right on there. It, it catches it yeah. because, of course, we know the batting will catch everything. Yes. A little bit of mm-hmm. yes, lint, right? exactly. And then just wipes it off to reuse it. I think that's awesome. And again, we'll have pictures for you. Yes, we'll share these pictures on our show notes page. And I think we have used up all of our time for this segment. So I'll pick up next podcast with some more letters. And um, just as a little preview, there's somebody else out there who has also made jellyfish quilts. And so that one will be the first one in the next episode that we will share for sure. So you guys ready to go back to QuiltCon with Vivica? Absolutely. Sounds great. Yay, we're here at QuiltCon 2020. Vivica, I have Ginger here, and I'm here with two people from the from the Modern Quilt Guild. I have Karen Cooper, she's the new executive director of the Modern Quilt Guild, and I have Heather Kinian, and Heather is the new president of the board of the Modern Quilt Guild. So welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having us today. You know, I should say thanks for having us today because this is your event. This is the seventh QuiltCon. Mm-hmm. I am so lucky I've been to all seven, so I feel just like totally oh, so thrilled. Jealous. I know. Yeah. This, is, this is my I'm first. Very jealous of that. Yes. Wow. This is my first, so I've been like talking about it all week. I'm so excited to be I here. Like, oh. Don't you just feel like you hit the jackpot I to be do. able to come? I do, and I feel like we're with royalty here. You know? <laughs> we, are. we are. We're just thrilled that you could be on the podcast with us oh, and, on the, and on the video, too. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys, it's it's your first QuiltCon in these positions. Yes. And, you know, the Modern Quilt Guild has gone through some changes. And there are positive changes. You know, we've got a new staff coming in. So tell us, what is your what is your plan, Karen, for the Modern Quilt Guild in the next year? I know that's a big question. That, that is a big question. Um, one thing that we talk about as a staff and with the board is just continuing to expand our efforts on diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Just we want to be accessible to all people, regardless age, gender, nationality, background. Um, and so we just want to make sure that we're as accessible as possible to people. And then we're also kind of starting to wanting to do a little things, maybe get um, kind of get into some more of the sewing trends that are going on. Like we've talked about as a group, um, we have patterns of the month that we right. release, obviously for our members. And by the end of the year, we want to start adding maybe a sewing pattern, like maybe a bag, a quilty bag or you know, something. That's a great yeah. idea. Have you seen the amazing bags yes. that people are, are 
just, you know. And that's a twofold thing. We want to, you know, increase the value of our membership for our current members because right. people like to do, like, sew other projects or quilty projects. But also we think, you know, there's a lot of sewers out there that we could kind of bring in, like maybe sewing's kind of the gateway yeah, to yeah. quilting. Wait, you know, gateway get drug. A, exactly, yes. thank you, I didn't want to say that, but yes, exactly. So we want to, you know, kind of expand and sh- we have members that design great bags. Right. And so we want to showcase those members, provide more value of our membership to our current members and maybe attract some other people, you know, into quilting by they, they create these bags and then they see all our other patterns and think, mm-hmm. hey, we want to do that. Right, well, quilting is a really inclusive craft and an art. It's just an amazing, inclusive thing that mm-hmm. is so wonderful. And to see more than 11,000 people, I believe, we're expecting at this QuiltCon. We, we would hope, we, we, 10,000 is our, or close to okay. 10,000 is our record. Correct. Okay. We are on pace to at least be second to that. Okay. So, but I, I, we, I, I expect we'll be well over 9,000. Right. Well, yep. we, this is the third time in Austin, and mm-hmm. the third time's a charm. There, there we go. There so we go. That's really important. Okay, so third know. time in Austin. Where else have they had the festival at? The well, first, twice in Pasadena. First right? tour in Austin, then mm-hmm. Pasadena, then Savannah, then Pasadena again, then Nashville, and now back to and nice. next year is in Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta yeah. So you're growing out, hitting the big cities. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, we exactly. think Atlanta will also, it's a great driving distance for a lot of quilters. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at the whole southeast and into Florida, we have a great number of quilters that could easily drive to that location, mm-hmm. but also for um, both flights domestically and internationally. Atlanta's Just going to say, location. it's a great, great accessible yeah. location. Yeah. Right. Um, it's a, you know, a direct flight for most of the country mm-hmm. in the U.S., but it's also a very easily accessible international. Airport. And my understanding is that we won't need to take a ferry to get there. No, so, I do okay. not believe there are Perfect. any rivers in Atlanta that will require a ferry. And of course, we're referring to Savannah. I was just going to say, I was like, I love Savannah, but however, there are a lot of like ferries to generate. That was that. a beautiful venue. Oh, it was. That was the light in the in the um, hall. I missed that one. Really I attended that one. It was lovely. It was fabulous. It was spectacular, and the show was spectacular too. But let's talk about this show because this show was pretty darn spectacular as well. I walked the floor yesterday, didn't even get all the way through it by six o'clock. It was gorgeous. And I noticed the trends that I see, but I would love to know, Heather, the trends that you see sure. on the floor. You know, uh, first of all, you did um, the award ceremony on Wednesday night. I did. And you were so good. Oh, thank you. I can thank tell you. you have a theater background. I do. I do Just have a, a theater bit. background. I, was, I wasn't worried about speaking in front of people. Making the PowerPoint work? Worrying. People, oh, yeah, that's not worrying. I do. I, you know, I wanted to tell you your PowerPoint worked great. I didn't write it. I just had to click it. So. That's right. Thank that's you right. to the staff who put that together. <laughs> but, but I see some definite trends, and I'd love to know what you see. Yeah, I think the floor. continually, for me, a trend that has been most notable, both at this QuiltCon, but it builds on trends from last QuiltCon and the one before that, is I think the handwork that the mm-hmm. modern quilters have added to the quilts in the show is getting is elevating each step of the way, and I feel like mm-hmm. there's more of it, and it's not... I think in the early, the first QuiltCon I went to was 2015 here in Austin, and a lot of the handwork was just in the handwork category, right. and now it's it makes appearances in lots of different categories in mm-hmm. lots of different ways, and there are some really wonderful quilts by um, Jen Bramel of the Indianapolis MQG, Heidi mm-hmm. Parks of my M- home guild, the mm-hmm. Chicago MQG. Um, the Quilting Excellence Award is a hand quilted uh, project mm-hmm. and hand applique. Gosh, right. the woman's from uh, the She's Bainbridge from Island Bainbridge MTG. Island, I can't exactly. think of her name right off the top I of my head. Know. The answer would be. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Is it Marla Varner? I think it, it might be yeah, Marla Varner. For the love okay. of squirkles is the yeah. quilt. Yeah. And she does get the prize for the best name. Yeah. Because there are square circles. Let's let's yeah. talk about what squirkles are, but we'll have a photo of that. The the handwork's been mm -hmm. really impressive, including applique and, and everything. Right. Uh, and I also have been really impressed with the way quilters have sort of taken um, layers and like transparency, I think has mm -hmm. been a big trend beyond just the transparency quilt, which definitely there's some pieced quilts that use the color work of right. transparency, but there's also been quilters who've experimented with the transparency of the materials they used in their quilt and have mm -hmm. layers of fabric um, and layers of, of fabrics and tr like silk nets and things like right. that that are added to their quilt and then layers of stitching mm -hmm. on top of that. It's the, really gorgeous. The one that I remember too with the layers of stitching was um, and I can't remember which judge it was, it was a judge's choice that had the beautiful hand stitching over the pattern yes, fabric. Yes, I think that was the, uh, our, the design, the design Christine. Christine. Okay, yes. Christy. Christine. Yes. yes. Christy, yes. She, uh, Christy. It, that was actually Jen Bramel, one of the, mm -hmm. of the Indianapolis MQG. Yeah. It had a long title, so I can't remember it exactly right. off the top of my head. But That's yeah, okay, we can, we can add a, a photo. It is a stunning, stunning yes. quilt with all of the pieces that she put mm -hmm. together in it. And you know, I mean, is, is hand stitching one of those things where you it does kind of come in waves, where everybody's kind of doing it and then it fades out? Or do you guys think this is here to stay? I think part of it, I'm sorry, uh, but I think part of it is that it's, it's portable. Mm -hmm. So yes. people on the go, um, maybe parents with young children or just people who travel a lot for work. I see it both ways. I see it right. parents taking things to their kids' events, but I also see it with, I, I know staff that travel a lot. That right. It's something they can keep doing with them, busy for their hands. So but I think maybe, you know, it's part of our world. Yeah. And the funny thing about it is we are located directly in front of the hand stitching lounge <laughs> behind us where people can sit down and take a break. And this is what I love about QuiltCon. You know, you've got places for people to sit and sew. You have places for people to meet and greet. You have places for people to run around, do their trend spotting. You have all of these um, intimate spaces as well as the big spaces and all of that too. And, and I've always loved that about QuiltCon too. So um, I wanted to also talk about, as far as talking about trends in handwork, the applique um, selection this year is yeah. out of this world. And yeah. every kind of applique too. Did you notice there was, um, there was a uh -huh. lot of, there was um, hand applique. There was the person who took the tiny little pieces of fabric that are you know just plain yeah. and colored and arranged them in 16 blocks that were just exquisite. That quilt's pretty neat. Oh, it you know, completely it was like, made me look at applique in a whole different way. Like right. I just honestly, I was so in my traditional like, oh, you just sew down a flower or this or that, mm -hmm. and I feel as if everyone I see, I'm like, oh, you can do that. Well, yeah, there was like, fusible. Uh -huh. There was fusible. There was bias tape. Yeah. It, you know, it yeah. was it was just a really exquisite. Um, sampling of all the different kinds of applique done in a modern way, which I yes, found amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, if we're talking about trends too, I'm sure you're not aware. I am on the board. Of, <laughs> I'm on the board of the Studio Art Quilts Associates, and one thing that I notice is that not all of these quilts fit on beds, and that has changed so much over the yeah. seven years. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's so much art, and there's so much exquisite design, and I don't think you have to be necessarily a graphic designer, but you know, you can certainly see the um, the influence of graphic design in modern quilts. So yes. many of our members, you know, because this is for a lot of people just, uh, it started out anyway, it's grown into business, but it started mm -hmm. out for a lot of people as, as a hobby. Mm -hmm. 
So, of course, you get people who are graphic designers, engineers, you know, other mm -hmm. technological type things, and then they, they take that knowledge and that interest into their passion of their hobby, and I think right. that's where a lot of it is coming from. Well, I don't know, I don't know how many um, math PhD friends that I have that, that are quilters. And I'm serious, a lot of them. We have a, a lot, lot of accountants. Of mm -hmm. We have a lot of engineers and a lot of architects. Right. I was going to say, the Chicago Modern Quilt Guild has a strong architect contingent to just our regular right. guild members. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, I think that's, that's one thing that I love about Modern Quilts, too. Good design is good design, no matter what the topic, mm -hmm. no matter what the, you know, what kind of art you're looking at. Right. So good design works anywhere, which I think is absolutely cool. So did you have any other questions that you wanted to Well, I to guess talk for about? me, I just kind of want to know, like, do you guys have a favorite that you've seen, a favorite quilt that's been hanging? Do you have a or? favorite child? Well, you have one child. <laughs> yeah, I have one child, so she's kind of it. So yes, but, you do. I mean, I, I guess for me, I haven't had a chance to go and look around yet. I have. I came here to work, so it's like I haven't really had a chance mm -hmm. to go play. So I'm just kind of curious. If I have several one. I know Vivica's. Vivica's been do. like, she, oh, she gave me a whole list. But I yeah. have several yeah. favorites for okay. several reasons. Um, I do like the Squirkles quilt just because of the yes. sheer blast of color. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a blast. Yeah, one of um, my favorites mm -hmm. as well. <laughs> it's just a blast of color and it's, it's excellent work and, and when I, it's hard for me to pick a favorite because they're all fabulous. But there's also a youth quilt. Oh, yes. The, many of the youth quilts okay. fabulous. Have you seen the brain on technology? Oh, that is so fun. It okay. is pieced all with two inch squares mm -hmm. and one half of the brain is black and white and that is the brain when it's using technology. And the other half of the brain is colorful, and that is when they are crafting and being creative. All right, mm -hmm. and we'll make sure we have links for everybody uh, so you guys can see some of these quilts. That so that one, about. not only was it a fabulous piece of art by a youth, so someone mm -hmm. under 18, I believe that the artist was 12, mm -hmm. but just a fabulous statement right. about art and creativity and technology and how it impacts us. Exactly, and visually, if you look at that quilt, because I, I stood in front of it and looked at it and I loved it, um, you know how when you see a CAT scan of the brain, it is you can see how it's cut into the two lobes, but you can also see where the spinal cord goes in, and you got it, it's perfect, you it's do not, beautiful. You look at that quilt and you know instantly it is a brain. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. It's and amazing. That, that I think is fantastic. Nice. All right, good, I'm gonna yes, go check that one out. But there's many of them I love, but yeah. that, um, those, exactly. You know, one of my favorite categories is always the charity quilts, and yes. one that sticks out to me, I was really curious how it would go this year, because uh, usually there's such a colorful portion mm -hmm. of our show, and this year's colors palette was black and white and grayscale. Yes. So I was curious how that was going to go, and we picked text as the, mm -hmm. the theme for it. Um, and there's some really amazing quilts that mm -hmm. with words and messages. There's a great one that probably is the one that struck me the most that has a I don't remember what guild did it but it is a great big raven and it says nevermore never more. Yeah. right across the little bit it's a fantastic it uh, raven mm -hmm. the colors in it are really good it's right. just really charming it's not from like the Baltimore MQG which I kind of thought yeah. it maybe exactly. would be but sorry Baltimore mm -hmm. MQG yeah. I'm a Maryland girl so <laughs> I'm all over really, that yeah it was really it's just oh. a striking quilt and and the way my quilt guild uh, interpreted the challenge, we have a message on it, and it's going to mm -hmm. go to, uh, it says, you are welcome here, and it's going to a transitional housing uh, mm -hmm. place in Chicago. It will hang in the room, that, the main living room that welcomes the women and children, I think, who stay at this transitional housing place. Uh, so we went direct with the text, and I mm -hmm. loved Nevermore. And somebody, uh, I think it maybe is Tulsa MQG, did emojis. Yes. Because yes. if you're going to use text, 
And how do we text? Yep. With emojis. With an emoji, so especially if you have kids. Yeah. Yeah. So it's neat yeah. to see how that was interpreted across. Right. There's more than 100 of those over there. So. Right. Yeah. Well, right. and I guess lastly, how do, what's the best way to find out information about the Modern Quilt Guild? Where's the best way to go? Uh, Themodernquiltguild.com. There we go. Excellent. And there's information about how to join, what we do, all about QuiltCon. If there's a Quilt Guild near you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Nice. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciated this. And Thanks for having go us. Go MQG. Go MQG. <laughs> Well, today for our Fine Finishes segment, we're going to talk about crafts because this is National Craft Month and we all do things other than quilting. So let's talk a little bit about that. Anissa, tell us about your extra craft activities. Well, as you all may know, we, well, I don't know if you guys know, but we <laughs> moved into a new office space a few months ago and we have had quite a few junk piles laying around where if, with things from the old space, things from the new space that we don't want anymore. And I drug a an old screen door out of here one day. And I'm sure that everybody thought I was crazy. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just odd that we had a screen door it, here. Exactly. I think it, it was, was a prop from the video studio Probably. or something like that. But It must have been. Um, there were also two ginormous, like, resin flowers. I took those as well and took them home and spray-painted them all. Um, spray-painted the door purple and green and then went at it with a sander and a hammer to make it look a little more weathered. And then I painted the flowers to look like succulents, glued the flower on the screen door, and now it's in my garden. So a little later in the summer, once everything blooms, it'll be some nice garden art surrounding my flowers. But in the meantime, we want you to share a photo. Yes, yes. Because oh, it's yes. cool already. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can bring it's in a photo. It's super cool. Like, I can't, even, I can't even just fathom that you looked at that. And those, like, completely, I don't know. Random. Uh, random objects and just thought, oh. This is going to look great in my garden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all saw that same screen door and just went. What? Why would I want Nobody that? else wanted it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Sometimes you just see something and you have the vision. Yep. Mm -hmm. that's exactly. Part of being true. a creative person. Yeah, I think that's true. And I also think that projects like that definitely help to fulfill that creative need. You know, I, I, I remember being in high school and, and knowing that I needed to do something creative to make myself feel good. Right. Mm -hmm. And yes. knowing that if I wasn't doing something, I would get really grumpy. And and I've even, yes. you know, Ginger and Lori will tell me frequently that they know on a day that we've recorded if I've sewn. If I've done any quilting over, the, you know, the previous few days, they know it. <laughs> Which you could tell today I have not. I was, but. I was cleaning upholstery over the weekend. That was oh. my project. That is a bummer. <laughs> but tell me about what you do to be creative mm -hmm. other than your quilting my the thing that I do the most frequently is I cook and so I've just it's always been a creative outlet for me to make food and I'm a total foodie um, my kids are foodies uh, my oldest son it was brewing beer for a while and now he works in the um, you know beverage industry and my younger son who's 23 is a chef and so my creative outlet is making food for 
I guess specifically for other people, because honestly, if I had to make food just for myself, I probably wouldn't. So this weekend, I made scones. And interestingly, she didn't make any for others. That's right. <laughs> that was my first right, question. So first, <laughs> first, I haven't made scones in years, but I, as I was telling Lori and Anissa earlier, uh, I used to make bread all the time. So when my boys were little, this was before Sydney was born, um, and I was a stay-at-home mom, I baked bread like crazy. I tried all different kinds of bread, tried, you know, everything from sourdough to making naan and making flatbreads and making cornbread. But biscuits and scones, I honestly perfected my scone recipe over the course of a few years. And between biscuits and scones, I could bang them out from start to finish in 20 minutes. Like I could just, by the time the oven was preheated, I had it all ready to go and in. And I could, at the very last minute, decide I was going to throw those together. Well, a few years ago, I got an autoimmune disorder and I realized that wheat was causing a problem for me. Um, It gives me canker sores sometimes. And so, and gluten-free baking, not very fun. Like the problem that I have with gluten-free baking is that usually it's too much for just me. And it also uh, goes bad very quickly. And so I rarely bake anything anymore because I can't enjoy it. And I don't know. That's part of the fun. It just makes me sad because yeah. I can't have it anymore. And I used to be able you make cookies and all kinds of things. So I haven't made scones in a while. Came up in conversation recently. Someone um, said, oh, I wish I had scones. It started a whole family conversation about, oh, remember the good old days when mom used to make scones on Sundays? And... So I don't know what possessed me yesterday, but, well, part of me does. Um, I got an air fryer, and it has changed my life. <laughs> Everybody who knows me knows I use the air fryer almost every day, and I've got it in January, and I love it. Um, but you can bake things in it, and I thought I would give it a try and make scones and see how it would go in the air fryer. And I literally made probably eight scones um, with my little recipe and I gave one to my neighbor who loaned me her upholstery machine cleaning machine and Sydney ate three in one sitting and these are not small scones (laughs) so I had hoped that I would make another batch last night but I didn't so I made dinner instead and then that was that so so how do you feel about sharing your recipe I have no problem sharing my recipe, actually. So they can look for that on the show notes page, too. I'll make a note that I need to put that in the show notes page. Scone recipe. Okay, so then (laughs) my quilting crafting alternate thing is generally still sewing. Um, And the thing I'm most excited about right now is we got a stick to make a stick horse for my grandson before Christmas, and then I totally spaced it. It got stuffed away in the closet when the kids were coming over, and and I forgot I had it. And then just a couple of weeks ago, I got an an e-newsletter from Shannon Fabrics, and they talked about little stick horses in their e-newsletter. And I clicked on the link, and the website was rustichorseshoe.com 
she has stick horses, stick camels, stick llamas, and I got really excited about it. I contacted <laughs> her. Shannon Fabrics provided the fabric for it, and it just came today. And it's she been needs to leave all I could do to stay <laughs> at the office today. I want to go home and start working on my stick horse and stick camel. I can hardly <laughs> wait. That's going to be awesome. We should explain how ridiculous Lori was the day that that email came through. <laughs> Oh, well, and the day the eyeballs. Didn't you order eyeballs? The day yes. the eyeballs showed yes. up. I got eyeballs and eyelashes, eyelashes. from Rustic pr- Horseshoe. They're pretty incredible. And they're they're going to be wonderful. It's just going to be so cute. I can hardly wait. Lori barely could stay in her seat that entire day. Mm-hmm. And, yep. then, um, and then I thought, well, we should definitely share this on the podcast. But the cool thing about the owner of this pattern company is... First of all, the website is beautiful. The website's wonderful. The projects are beautiful. She has the stick horse type of thing, and she's also got stuffed toy kinds of things. Um, Adorable. You got to check it out. She donates money for the pattern, too. Like, there's a whole group of the patterns that are specifically for different um, animal groups. Like the one I specifically remember is her vulture pattern. Yes, she has a vulture pattern. <laughs> um, and the a portion of those sales goes to a raptor Amazing. organization. Yeah. Uh, she's got a little koala bear and it goes to Australia wildlife things. Um, just an amazing person and an amazing website. Lovely, lovely projects. Yes. So we'll share a link to the website in the show notes. And if y'all are listening and you're interested in hearing more from the owner of that company and you think she should be a guest, just drop us a line now that I actually have access to your emails. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Because I think that could be fun. I do too. And it really has a nice little charity aspect to it, it, right? Yes, it does. Well... This has been a lovely episode. I hope you had fun. We did. Yes, it's been great hanging out with you guys today. Well, we're so grateful that you could join us when um, the last minute Ginger couldn't join us today. So we just decided to have Anissa sit in. So um, we're glad that you could join us. Thanks, everyone. And happy National Crafting Month. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer.